Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What's going on? Jermaine Johnson. Tune in to Turn on the Jets podcast. Hey, this is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals. Make sure you tune in to the Turn on the Jets podcast. on everybody welcome back to the turn the jets podcast i'm your host will parkinson at will pile on twitter instagram and tiktok thursday episode we are into fully blown into week two we talked i talked and basically didn't take a breath for 20 straight minutes on uh on tuesday after i did our guest show i went on on this pod and basically just rambled for 20 minutes about how the season's not over it sucks sack up you've got dallas in five days well now the jets have dallas in three days and jake asman um Jets, Jets, uh, Jets legend, uh, is on the pod. I do his show every Monday. Um, uh, so make sure to check that out as well. Shamelessly. Uh, I think me and Jake do some of the best, uh, best work on, on Jets, uh, on Jets socials on, on Mondays. Jake, how are we doing today? Well, it's nice to, uh, kind of have the roles reversed a little bit, uh, on your pod here. I, I'm hanging in, man. I know we were talking a little bit before we started recording. It's just, I, you try to look forward and move forward because that's all you could do. But at the same time, it's like you can't escape just that feeling of just just the, the cruelty of all of it. Just the, the 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 brutal nature of having to like stomach and try and rationalize all the hype and excitement and everything we invest as fans into the season. And, you know, there's still a season to be played, but it's completely different from what we thought we were getting. So it's just, it, it, it's tough to still kind of put into words, but doing these appearances, uh, I guess it helps a little bit. It's kind of therapeutic kind of talking out. I know on my show, I've been doing like two hour streams and it's more so like just for me to like, you know, just like get it out of my system, so to speak, than more so like, oh, I need to be on for this amount of time. It's been, uh, it, it's been a weird week, man. And it's only, it's only Thursday as we're taping this. So it's, it's still kind of surreal. And I'm going to Dallas on Saturday for the game Sunday. So I have that kind of in the back of my mind. Like I got to get upbeat. I'm going to a game. You got to enjoy it. So it's just my emotions. I think I've experienced like every emotion you could experience since Monday night. Yeah. Look at to kind of put a bow on the Aaron Rodgers stuff. Cause we could talk about it for 25 straight days. It sucks. I've said it a million times. It sucks. It blows. It's horrible. However you want to describe it. But the reality is no one else around the NFL gives a shit. And that's the mentality the Jets have to have. That's what Jets fans has to have. The oh, poor me, you had three days to get over it. And it's going to suck and it's going to sting forever. I think it even stings even worse because this team lived up to every single other expectation you had on Monday night. They came out, they played with the hair on fire. Their defense looks fantastic, like a top two or three unit in the league. Garrett Wilson looks like he's taken even another jump from being awesome last year. He looks even better. Alan Lazard looks like a better Corey Davis. 
you know, we didn't get to see a lot of McCole Hartman and stuff like that. And Randall Cobb, we'll see that more as the season goes along. But the tight end group, Jeremy Rucker took the step. And Mekhi Becton was bulldozing the run game. ABT was back. He was, I think, the third or fourth highest rated guard. Um, everything, con- and obviously Bruce Hall is an alien. And Dalvin Cook had a couple of moments where you're like, oh, okay. He had, you know, a couple of, a lot of nothing carries and then a couple of explosive ones. And that's all you're really asking. He also took a lot of load off of Bruce Hall. I thought he was good, man. Like when he had, when he had some space. Yeah. Get Dalvin in space. He's not, he's not going to, he's, he's not Sean green uh, from 2009. He's more of the, like he comes in and Bruce Hall will get, they'll flip roles obviously as the year kind of goes along. But I guess kind of my biggest takeaway is like, we'll start with the news yesterday. Aaron Rodgers comes out uh, with the Instagram post it was not so subtle. Robert Sala, Pat McAfee, Kyle Brandt, a bunch of different people kind of went on their shows and all who are all people that are uh, in the know and all were kind of like, I'd be really, really, really shocked if Aaron Rodgers isn't back next year. And then Aaron Rodgers comes out and dawns the darkest before the you know day, whatever the thing is from Batman. Um, Nate Hackett goes on about 15 minutes ago before recording this basically says, oh yeah, Rodgers is definitely coming back. So I guess just your only reaction to that. And then we'll move on to Dallas, now it's the Jets against the world mentality again. Um, I know we weren't shocked at all he was going to come back, but I guess now it's kind of basically confirmed any thoughts there. It's uh, it, it's nice to hear from him, and I'm sure after he has the surgery, he'll speak to the media, he'll go on McAfee, he'll do whatever, and I want him around the team. And it sounds like if you kind of read through the tea leaves of what Hackett said earlier and what, what uh, Salah said yesterday about Rodgers, sounds like he will be around the team, uh, which is encouraging. So, uh, look, I – it just there's no scenario where an all-time great wants his last moment on a field to be him getting hurt four plays into a new season. So I always felt like he was coming back. And look, I wouldn't bet against Aaron Rodgers. Like when all-time greats have chip on their shoulders, now you add another chip on his shoulder coming off this injury. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would not bet against that guy coming back and being a great player next year. But I guess the. uh yeah, the difficulty of like talking about it is like, man, next year, like think about how long this offseason felt just to get to the point where Rodgers was going out there out of the tunnel Monday night. One of the most electric moments I've ever experienced in person to like thinking about next year. I will make one uh, one prediction on your show, Will. I think the Jets open up either on Sunday night football or Monday night football at MetLife one year from now. The Rodgers return is going to be maybe one of the most viewed football games of all time. And uh, I'm already looking forward to it while also still trying to realize, hey, there's 16 games left in the season and the Jets still have a lot they could play for. And the season by no means is over just because Aaron Rodgers is done. Yeah, look, I, I fully agree. I tweeted before, and of course, Dolphins fans are like, oh, the Jets fans are talking about 2024. Like, I'm just pointing out that there is a very real possibility the Jets travel to Lambeau next year. And that's just another thing in Rogers belt. Like obviously they would have to line up in the standings. We have no idea what's going to happen. That's so far down the line and who really gives a shit. But as of now, just saying the jets do travel to an NFC North opponent next year. Um, keep that in the back of your mind. And I can tell you for a fact, Rogers knew that was the case uh, when he signed up for two years, I guess kind of backpedaling. Now you kind of just mentioned it there and we're going to kind of transition to this Cowboys game. The, the narrative generally speaking, if you want to, the pessimistic Jets fan, which I understand everyone's had their ups and downs in the last 10, 15 years have been really hard as a Jets fan. Um, some people that are like, you know, our age are the last 10, 15 years has been tough, but the first 10 or 15 years of my life, the Jets were in the playoffs over 50% of the time. They won the division. They went to multiple AFC, three AFC title games in my first uh, 16 years on this planet. Right. So like it's not been that, it's not been that horrible to be a Jets fan. The last 10 years has been obviously tough. And we've talked about that a million times. So I don't want to go down that road. That said, the narrative 
I've seen a lot uh, across multiple networks is it's the little sisters of the poor. The Jets are horrible now. They're they're a bottom 10 team in the league. Look at the power rankings all across major networks, across major respected analysts. The Jets are like dropping other than I believe Florio's power rankings. The Jets are like 19 or lower in every single ranking. It's kind of a joke. They beat Buffalo Monday night and somehow they're now a terrible team. The line in Vegas has moved bigger than a line even Patrick Mahomes would cause. And the Cowboys are now the 2000 Ravens. They're unbeatable. They're the, they're, you can't beat the Cowboys. Zach, well, they should just hand it off and like run away from Michael Parsons because all these things are true. The Cowboys are really good and the Jets are without their starting quarterback. But if you asked me four days ago before Rodgers got hurt, I would have picked the Jets 100% confidently they're going to win that football game. And I know Zach's not very good. And I know we didn't see that much improvement on Monday night. That said, like, this narrative is kind of crazy, you know, like, oh, the Jets have no chance to even compete. Like, hopefully they don't lose 50 to nothing because because of last week. That feels like a huge overreaction. Look, the Cowboys are a really good team. But if you're the Jets, I, I'm glad they're coming off a 40 to nothing win over the Giants and the Jets then get to play them. Let them be a little overconfident. Let that line get up to 9, 10, and let Robert Sala and his coaching staff use the nobody believes in us card as, as motivation. The Jets were a good road team last year. They won more games on the road than they did at home. Uh, this is a football team that when Brees Hall has been healthy, Zach Wilson's never lost a start. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you, Jet fans, I think Zach Wilson's a good quarterback because last year he wasn't. And, and I'm going to hope that he you know, could at least be competent this year. But uh, the Jets have a great defense. They seemingly have the ability now, like they did in the first half of last year, defensively to force turnovers. You look at Dak Prescott's record in one-score games and most turnovers in the NFL over the last three years, Josh Allen's one on that list, and Dak's two or three. So there's going to be opportunities for the Jets to make some plays. The question's going to be Zach Wilson, right? Because as good as his running game might be, ground and pound, Mark Sanchez still may keep plays on third down. And to Zach's credit, look, after the interception, which was brutal, he did settle in and make some nice plays. He had a couple of nice plays to Lazard. He had a couple of nice plays to Garrett Wilson. So you're going to need Zach Wilson to just be competent, avoid the killer mistake, rely on the defense, rely on the running game. And nine and a half seems way too high, Will. They should be in this game in the fourth quarter. Yeah, Zach, I think, to his credit, I think it was 9 of 11 for 99 yards and a touchdown post-interception. You know, Dan Orlovsky made the point today on, yeah, on get up. And if the Jets, if Zach Wilson's three points better, than he was last year, which is not asking a lot. That means basically get rid of, he did something that the two things he did on earth, I really three things, but two things he did on Monday night that actually genuinely impressed me. I, there was not a lot to, to go off of, but executed QB sneak, which I know people are gonna be like, Oh my God, what a child. Like, dude, anyone that's watched the Jets for the last 15 years knows they don't execute ever on a QB sneak, let alone even run it. Secondly, five of five on passes behind the line of scrimmage and didn't look like unconfident in a single one of them. And didn't have yips. He made every throw look easy. Yeah. And like he can build off that. These guys seem like they're all going to just try to pump him up, whether it's fluff or not. It doesn't really matter. It's these guys going over to him on the sidelines, keeping him upbeat. Nate Hackett kind of keeping him in the game. He's like, I'm not going to change if you don't change. Like these little things. And you can kind of hear in Zach's voice, he does sound a little different. Again, am I expecting, you know, 2009 to 2010 Matt Stafford level improvement? No, I'm not. But I'm also I also think it's not unrealistic that he can be 20 percent better because he was that bad last year. And when we saw him early on in the year, he was just like he stunk, but like he didn't cost them games. It felt like he at least made one or two plays. Kind of just didn't mess up. It wasn't turning the football over. The Jets were, have been five and oh with, you know, Brees Hall in the lineup uh, and Zach Wilson starting. And yeah, it just feels like 
man, like this, the narrative has now gotten out of control to a point where it's like, I just don't feel like, why can this team not make the playoffs? If they're three points better last year, per, their offense is just three points better. They won 11 games. I think actually they won 12, but they went at least 11 games last year, which is, we have to go back. They're better than they were last year and they're better coached and everything else around Zach is better. And you hope if he's 20% better throughout the season, they still probably should win nine to 11 games. Like, that's why I want them to get a good, go get a Jacoby Brissett or go get a Case Keenum or go get one of these guys that like has kind of done that role already and is a little more stable. You'd feel really good about that. But like, I'm sorry, I'm not like throwing in the towel and like, oh, I have to watch 16 more weeks. Like, dude, it sucks. Rogers is hurt. It sucks. We're back to square one. But like, this team's still awesome. Yeah, I mean, the Jets have a lot of really good players, man. Like, it sucks with Rogers. I'm not trying to minimize it, but, you know, I'm not giving up on the year. You know, this is a team that won seven games last year with inept quarterback play for most of the season, right? And, you know, Zach Wilson, to your point, he get a tick better from Rodgers being there, from better coaching with Hackett and Todd Downing being there. With a healthy Brees Hall, now you have Dalvin Cook being there. Uh, Mekhi Becton staying healthy, being out there on the line. AVT stays healthy, being out there now for a full year. All these different things. Plus, you met, you nailed it, man. As good as the defense was last year, I think they're better this year. I mean, lost in the shuffle of that win on Monday night, Will. Carl Lawson didn't even play. At one point in time, he was thought to be their best defensive player. He was their big free agent ticket that they added to kind of, you know, be the key to their pass rush. They won a game where they had five sacks, put pressure on Allen all throughout the game, and their quote-unquote high-priced free agent signing didn't even play. He was a healthy scratch because they're trying to protect him for this this game coming up. Like, they're good, man. And, and the biggest difference with the Jets this year defensively to last year, the safety play has a chance to be not a weakness like it was last year, but a real strength after what Whitehead did on uh, on Monday night. And I think Tony Adams had a pretty good game. Like, there, there's a chance for the Jets with that defense to be in every game. So it goes back to kind of what I was saying. If you take some of those things that Zach has at his disposal and it makes him a tick better here, tick better there, can he get to mediocre? If you could do that, they should have a chance to win nine, ten games and be a wild card team in the AFC. I think the key is they already have a win in the bag, which is huge. Now, can they win two of their next five games? If they're three and three at the bye week when the schedule then seemingly opens up, I think they're in a pretty good spot. And if Zach is still struggling, well, maybe by then they could bring in someone who can learn the offense by then, and you're ready to go for you know week eight onward. Because I'm not throwing in the, the season. They got the longest playoff drought in sports. It means something for this program to make the playoffs. Solid approve. He's the guy, which I think he is anyway, and, and he's not going anywhere now. But make the playoffs, end this drought, and then it's like, holy crap, here comes Aaron Rodgers to take a playoff team from a year ago to now the next step winning the whole damn thing. And 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 it's all right there in front of them. It's not easy. I'm not saying it is an easy thing, but I could at least come up with a path where Zach Wilson's not terrible and they could still win games. Yeah, I talked about this with Connor Rodgers a little bit uh, yesterday, I guess. It's basically the same exact thing you just said. The path this year, and this is – I don't even think this is overly optimistic. I think this is like literally probably internally what – I would be saying to myself, if I was Joe Douglas, I was Robert Salas, get this team to the playoffs. However you have to do it, get them to the playoffs. They need playoff experience. They need big game experience. Do whatever you can. And if Zach plays well, you can get an asset for Zach next year. And if or you Zach's, pick up his fifth-year option you and pick he's up his, sitting right. there right behind Aaron Rodgers for right. one more year. And if Zach sucks, guess what? If you can go find a way to go two and three in your next uh, next five games, I actually transparently think they can go three and two, but that's probably a little bit optimistic. Even if they go two and three, right? And they have two division wins. The Rams are going to falter here. At week one is weird. Matt Stafford all of a sudden, 
doesn't seem as crazy. Or Minnesota goes two and four in their next five and next six games. He's on a one-year deal. You basically say Kirk Cousins for our three, we eat the rest of the money for the year, and Kirk Cousins can help us get the playoffs. I know these things seem outlandish. The trade deadline going to a buy is a whole different animal. And if you can stay relevant, and even if without with Zach playing bad, you give yourself a shot. And if Zach plays decently well, you have even a better shot because you don't have to go trade for somebody. And then you can go, hmm, do we bring in one more receiver? Do we bring in another defensive lineman? Do we bring in another corner? Do we bring like whatever, not corner and defensive lineman? Obviously, probably that's like the two positions they don't need to bring in anybody at. But or is it, you know, an offensive line, whoever it may be. And then guess what? You have all that cap space next year and you keep your first round pick and all that stuff. Like while you have a team that has playoff experience and Aaron Rodgers now needs to be even like just 70% of Aaron Rodgers, all these things are not. It kind of seems so far-fetched, but, like, the goal still is the same. Get in the playoffs. And I just don't feel like that's an unrealistic goal. Let's transition a little bit here to this actual matchup. Um, you talked a little bit about it when you were talking about it. kind of feels like the two matchups, the two things the Jets have to do, they're going to have to do this all year, but more specifically in this game, they have to run the football effectively and stay ahead of the chains, and they have to take the football away from Dallas or make a big play on special teams. A, do you think they can do that? And B, um, is there anything else that you're kind of looking at as like to stay in this game, to be 17-14 in the fourth quarter and have a shot to go win the football game? Um, what do they have to do on uh, on Sunday afternoon? Well, here's the thing. I They have to score two offensive touchdowns at least. Like I, I start there. And then maybe a couple field goals. I think the Jets need to get to at least 21 points or greater to win this game. Because as great as this defense is, Will, how they won on Monday night, I don't believe is sustainable game in, game out. Like, you're not going to force four turnovers every game. And you're not going to have a special teams touchdown every game. But what you can do is have two offensive touchdowns every game, two field goals, and then all of a sudden you're at 20 points. And then you would think your defense, for the most part, could hold teams to under 20 because that's what they did last year, allowing only 18.6 points per game. Like, I think that's a conservative amount of points you're asking for the Jets to score, which, by the way, is still under league average. Now, if they could score those points with a ground attack, time of possession favors the Jets. You're keeping Dak and that offense off the field, and you got a chance to win. And I could give you the cliche of the obvious one. You can't let Micah Parsons wreck the game. He's going to get a sack or two. That's what he does. But you got to make sure that – uh, that it doesn't lead to a strip sack, doesn't lead to a turnover or, or a score for their defense. You got to try and just manage the offense, manage the time of possession, and put yourself in a spot where, as you said, it's 17-14 late in the fourth quarter and you got a chance because of this defense. Yeah, look, the Jets have won their last three matchups with Dallas. The, the, you know, the Giants still ran for over 100 yards on, on Sunday night amidst getting blown out by 40 points. Uh, the Jets ran for 170, I believe. Like, It's not just – it doesn't need to be these big – chunk plays it needs to be like a methodical thing so you're in the third quarter you're in the fourth quarter and you're still in the game where you have multi multiple different dimensions of your offense i do think you need to create a turnover i think you need to create a play on special teams i think using the hype train that is the cowboys whenever the cowboys do something good they get it's they're the number one contender for the super bowl whenever they do something bad they need to fire everybody i think you got to use that a little bit to your advantage and use that underdog mentality but like when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. 
When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Brandon Cooks is likely not going to play in this game. You know, offensively, it's just get take C.D. Lamb out. The Jets had to do that last year with a lot of different these star receivers. Make somebody else in the Cowboys beat. If Tony Pollard, fresh off his ankle, beat you and rushed for 200 yards, like, you live with that. You don't. You can't live with C.D. Lamb wrecking the game for you. And, and defensively, you mentioned Michael Parsons. Run at him and, like, figure out ways to get Mekhi Becton and ABT running at him multiple times and chip him with tight ends. Just try to wear him down a little bit. So it is in the fourth quarter and you need – a two minute drive and whatever it's 20 to 17. You got to go down there. He's not full tank, full, full energy. Look, he's a special, special player. He's one of the four or five best players in the league. The Jets won a game last year against miles Garrett with Joe Flacco playing and Max Mitchell. And Um, and like sometimes like, and we'll like, I think one takeaway from the game on Monday, people blaming the offensive line. I, I watched the game back. Yes. Obviously there were some issues in pass protection. They ran the ball incredibly well. And I thought the pass protection as the game went on, Got a lot better. I mean, Dwayne Brown didn't play in the preseason. Give him a chance, folks. Like, let, let him go out there. And now that he's played a full game, make some adjustments, go out there and do his thing. I will say this, though. Lakin Tomlinson is on thin ice. I'm, I'm not sacrificing another year with Lakin if he continues to struggle. They got Tippman, They got Schweitzer. Both guys are guard trained. Uh, that's something to watch. But they, they, the offensive line, I don't think, was nearly as bad as maybe what the perception of it was coming out of the game, watching the game back. You know, also, I, I just feel like people forget the Bills defense, the top five defense as well. Right. And they blitz the hell out of it. Like, they get pressure with, with their four. They have, a, they have an awesome front four as well. Um, I, I just think that part of what happened was, like, Aaron Rodgers goes out and the Bills are like, all right, we're going to start lighting this dude up. And the Cowboys are going to do the same. And that's why you got to use the screen game. The screen game was incredibly effective on, on Monday night. Um, I'd like to see a screen or two to Garrett Wilson and, and things of that nature to kind of get him involved a little bit as well. Maybe a McCole Hardman speed sweep, just like do things that you got to get a little creative here, but don't break your mold. And and I actually, Daniel Rossi made a good point on the Michael K show yesterday a little bit. And, you know, he's like, Zach's not a game manager. Like he's never going to be that. And I think that if you can live with, just try to get a couple plays with Zach where you kind of let him get out in space. Michael LaFleur did do a good job at points last year. Of this did not do a good enough job overall. But there was a few moments. It was like the, the the out and up, you know, boot bootleg to Corey Davis against the Packers. Those little things, the speed sweeps to Barrios early in the year, the the uh, Brees Hall play against Miami. There's just these little things. Can you get Zach in rhythm early on so he's playing confidently? Um, again, is it an optimistic point of view? Sure. Like we we really don't know what we're gonna get from Zach, but you know, Brandon Tierney, who knows if it's a true story or not, said that you know someone in the building told him Aaron Rodgers was in the building this morning with Zach, coaching him up, and like. For the crowd that still wants to keep, you know, the Keith Obermans of the world, like, keep down him, buddy. Like, this dude is actually very much bought in. I don't know how you can't see that. Um, I, he, I mean, he I don't, genuinely yeah. likes Zach Wilson too. Like, yeah. I think like he's going to want to do everything he can to help the guy. It's it's because part of Aaron Rodgers' legacy is Zach Wilson now too, which is a pretty cool, neat nugget attached to. Dude, it. look at look. I, I mean, I'm not saying Jordan Love was perfect, but your Jordan Love literally could not give any more credit to Aaron Rodgers and. You know, as much as he hated it publicly and he hates the Packers for it, he didn't take that out on Jordan Love. If anything, he embraced Jordan Love more to be like, dude, if you would have just told me, like, we could have publicly had this happen. So um, last two things here for you. One X-Factor player not named Zach Wilson on Sunday. 
And what do you kind of think? Uh, what do you think ends up happening? One X factor player not named Zach Wilson on Sunday. Hmm. I mean, I'm going to go Brees Hall again, right? Because if this team's going to win, I feel like they're going to need you know that long Brees Hall run he had. That's going to need to be a touchdown, right? And and maybe with another week of conditioning, it will be a touchdown now for Brees. Because you know, if you watch back that play, by the way, Garrett Wilson's putting his arms up like he thinks that Brees is able to put on the Jets that he's gone, and you know, Brees not having his conditioning 100% gets caught on that play, but. I'll go with Brees. I think it's obvious why. I mean, this team's this team's going to need to run the football to be effective. If you want a player defensively, uh, I'd like to see Sauce Gardner have a vintage Sauce Gardner game. It's funny. You know, the discourse online I saw earlier is that Sauce had a bad game on Monday. And then you go back and look, and it's like, if that's his bad game, uh, he's going to be first team all pro again. Because, like, his bad game would be a good game for a lot of corners. He didn't allow a touchdown, didn't allow any monster plays. He allowed a couple completions. He had one bad angle where a guy got digs got by him and was able to pick up a first down on a missed tackle. But other than that, Sauce went out there and he was Sauce. So now I expect uh, Sauce Gardner to hear that and use that as motivation to hopefully take CeeDee Lamb out of the game. And if the Jets could do that and Tony Pollard still coming off injury and they could bottle the run and that front seven could get home, Dak will give you a turnover or two in this game. So I think Sauce shutting down CeeDee Lamb is the thing to watch on defense because that kind of opens it up for the rest of the defense to do their thing. Yeah, look, uh, I think two guys that are kind of under the radar, key players, Jeremy Ruckert again, um, was fantastic in the run game. Like, I mean, he was awesome <laughs> everywhere. Um, I just think that he's a guy that, you know, can they continue to get him involved? Is that, you know, I'd rather not see Nick Vauden. I just think it's such a predictable, when he's in the game, it's so predictable run. When Jeremy Ruckert's in the game, like they can throw him the ball. He's like a very capable pass catcher. Going two tight ends and having Jeremy Ruckert basically just be a fullback, you know, be on the run power, being able to run wide zone, being on the run inside zone, things like that with him lead blocking and kind of having that being that sixth offensive lineman and letting Tyler Conklin, um, you know, kind of operate in a lineman slash tight end role is actually would be crucial. And I think if he has a nice game, um, you know, we could see that happen. I think offensively, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, defensively, there's a lot of different pieces. Actually, Michael Carter second is a huge, like, I felt like when he, last year, the games in which he kind of was his best, him and Quincy Williams. Actually, I'm going to change my answer on the fly. Quincy Williams. When Quincy Williams is good, when he's on, this Jets defense is unbelievable, and they usually win. Like all these games where he's like locked in, doesn't make those couple mental mistakes and things. He's awesome, and he was great on Monday night. If you can follow that up, um, like you said, Dak's going to give you one or two. You got to take advantage of it, and if he he could be a can. Pro Bowler, well, if he keeps that up. I mean, that like Quincy Williams has Pro Bowl talent, and like by the way, I know you and I always are like. You know, fighting with Salah haters. You don't think Robert Salah deserves credit for developing Quincy? No, Williams? dude. Of course he does. No, dude. Of course that was only Joe Douglas, <laughs> and Robert Salah nothing to do with it. And he's he's just a cheerleader, as everyone on in your comments likes to say. And you know, if he's a cheerleader, I'm confused what half the NFL coaches are who are not play callers because that's kind of what these guys do. They are leaders of men. They hire good staffs. They motivate their team. They keep. 53 millionaires locked in to go play a game in which you could be your body's never the same. It's important to be a really good cheerleader. That's part of being a head coach. Um, you know, I, so I'm right there with you. I, I'm probably leaning towards a Cowboys win, a, a 24 to, to 13 win, but something that's like 17, 13 late in the fourth quarter, the Cowboys kind of get that back breaking touchdown or a pick six or something like that, that makes it look worse. But I, I think this is a really close football game. And I think um, the jets will be, very much in this game with a chance to win it in the second half. It's just a matter of can Zach make the one or two plays or not kill them with those one or two plays to to kind of give them a shot at the end and hope the Cowboys uh, Cowboys this game. 
Yeah, I, I kind of feel something similar. Like 2016, Dallas wins a close one, uh, but it could easily be flipped. I just I feel like I'll get called a homer if I pick the Jets as nine and a half. Yeah, point me dogs, too. I'm they, trying. I'm they trying shouldn't so be hard nine and a half to. point underdogs, man. Like I just I've never been the biggest Cowboy believer or Prescott believer. He's a good regular season quarterback, but I would love to kind of isolate the stats how Dak is in the late window. Like nationally yeah. televised game. You got Jim Nance and Romo on the call. It's going to be America's game of the week that everyone's watching. So I, I wish I had those numbers in front of me, but I, I think the Jets match up pretty well with uh, this Cowboy. They match up well with anyone because they have a, a phenomenal defense and a running game. And that's a formula we've seen in the Jets history they can win with. And oh, by the way, they did this exact thing last year. So we're back to where we were last year, which sucks, but we don't need to go down that path. I think we all understand what happened. They went into a hyped up Lambo. They went into Denver. They beat Buffalo. Um, you know, they went into Pittsburgh and things like they that. Should have beat like, New England twice. Like, this New was England a good twice. team last year. They they were just, you know, Zach Wilson had the yips. They had the injuries. But if they could just keep Zach's confidence high, I think that's huge, man. And really, well, think about it like this: if Wilson doesn't play well, then I get really concerned because you're facing Belichick and the mental side of like here we go again with like the crowd booing if he doesn't play well in that scenario so i it would really behoove zach to have a solid game even if they lose so at least going into that pats game the crowd's going to be behind i don't think people want to go there to boo they're going to be there trying to be supportive but if he's just awful i you know you know how this is going to go so it would behoove zach even if they lose to play a solid game look the part as a game manager so at least we could have something going into that New England game where they got to win. If they want to be three and three at the bye, New England at home is a must win. Yeah, the New England-Denver games feel like you got to win and um, try to steal one of Dallas, KC, or, or Buffalo. I mean, uh, KC or um, Philly. And, dude, you, <laughs> if you can find a way to be four and two at the bye, um, now we can have a real conversation of, do you go give up a, a high future pick for a Stafford or Cousins or – Jimmy G or one of these guys and try to go, you know, go as far as you can this year and knowing you're getting Rogers, or is it, do we give up a, a draft pick to go get a Mike Evans, Devonte Adams, whoever it's going to be to, you know, kind of give as much talent as humanly possible. So we're like all in ready for Rogers in 24, but like, can we go even further in 23 than we expected? The goal is to be playing football in January. That doesn't change. I don't think either guy loses their job this year. If they go like eight and nine or seven and 10, just because of what's happened with the quarterback but they're damn sure going to get extensions and coach of the year and GM votes. If a GM of the year votes, if they end up in the playoffs with, uh, and make Zach like a, I posted the, the TikTok of it yesterday. I thought it was pretty funny. It was like, it's a clip from step brothers. If you haven't seen it, uh, I posted on social, but it's like, it's not my TikTok. It's whoever's the guys that was it, but it was like, you know, the scene from step brothers. He's like, if you mess this up, like I'm firing you, but if you do well, like I'm a genius. So um, no true words have been said. If the Jets can figure out how to make Zach Wilson, uh 2016 case keenum uh they will they will be in a good spot jake tell everyone you know uh kind of what you got going on this week and uh where they can kind of get some of your content i've been cranking stuff out sure youtube jake asman find it there i'll be flying to dallas saturday morning so i'll be posting uh some behind the scenes content of our tour of uh, jerry world which i'm excited to see i've never been even though i lived in texas for five years i've never actually been to that stadium up in dallas so i'm flying it from new york because i flew in for monday night uh so now I'm excited to go to Jerry World, so if you want some behind-the-scenes stuff as I'm hanging out with the uh, Gotham City folks for that whole weekend, follow me on my Instagram, at Jake Asman, and we'll have a live post-game uh, after the game at some point, probably from my hotel room uh, right near the stadium. So good or bad, we'll be there for you, Jeff fans on YouTube.
Thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back uh, last episode of the week. will be Brad Spielberg will be on in his weekly spot. Uh, make sure you check out episode from the other day, kind of me ram- ranting, rambling, obviously uh, check out Jake's stuff. Uh, we had a pretty long episode on Monday or Tuesday morning talking everything. Uh, Jake cracked a Henny bottle at like 10 AM had no voice. It was uh, it was pretty epic stuff. The Henny is back. Um, so appreciate a toast that. to Zach Wilson. That's what yeah. I'm going to drink this one. Yeah. For. We're going to, we're going to toast to Zach um being uh being at least mid um and uh and we'll go from there again appreciate everybody for listening uh enjoy your thursday take a deep breath the season is not over um and if you have that mentality and you and you call yourself a real fan fuck right off have a great have a great rest of the day everybody